Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Random Joe Show. It's time. It's well past time. It's episode 10. And uh, welcome back. It's good to see you again. Missed you. We're a couple days late, but we're here now. I had some family stuff this weekend and I wasn't able to get a time to record, but I'm back. It is Monday, May 21st. This was supposed to go out on Saturday, but as I said, I had some family stuff going on. My sisters both live out of state, and uh, one of them is pregnant, said about seven months pregnant with a little baby, little baby Ruby, and uh, the other one is getting married in a month. And uh, I think I might have shared this before, but I'm actually a pastor, so I get a chance to work with church uh with with my church and then with various people and do counseling do funerals do weddings and so i was actually asked to do my sister's wedding so i've been jokingly kind of saying that you know i'm I'm gonna marry my sister next month which is true and also sounds really weird uh the most hilarious part about that whole process was that when I sent my documents into Virginia, because that's where they're getting married, and I'm from Ohio, I got a letter back from the clerk, and it had all my credentials and everything else saying that I had been approved. And just in case I didn't understand the message of it, the clerk there attached a post-it note that he hand-wrote and said, Joe, you have authorization to perform marriage ceremonies, in the whole state of Virginia forever, with whole state in all caps. This guy really wanted to let me know that I am legit and able to do it. I thought it was just so funny. So anyway, they were in town this week, my sisters, and they had a big bash, a baby shower, a a bridal shower, and I didn't go to any of it, and I'm really glad I didn't have to. So in the meantime, though, been playing some video games and I'm here now to discuss them with you. So hopefully you've had a wonderful week. Hopefully you've been able to play a bunch of video games. Hopefully you've even played the game that we're looking at this week. It's called Into the Breach. Now, before we get into that, I want to go over briefly once again what this show is all about. This is a video game book club where I invite you to play a game with me. Often it's a game that's on the free Xbox One uh, or PlayStation Plus Uh, programs that will allow you to play them and that way we can all play them together and it won't cost you anything. Likely though, many of the games that we look at are also games that you own because you bought them on a Steam sale like I did years ago and never got around to playing it. Maybe it's a game that you've played before but it's an opportunity to return to it and enjoy what's there. Well this week it's a newer game and it's called Into the Breach. If you haven't heard of it, it is a uh, It's by the developers of FTL, which is a space roguelike, and essentially this is an indie turn-based strategy, uh, also roguelike. And the premise of the game is simple. Earth has been overrun by giant kaiju-style bug monsters who surfaced from underground in the planet and then conquered it. You, the main character of the story, are leading a strike team of giant mechs to go back in time and stop these bug monsters from taking over the world and rescue the citizens of Earth. Each time you fail, you are kicked back to your, you know, ship that is full of these mechs that are going to go down and try to change time, and you go back through the portal and you try it again. 
Each battle takes place on an 8x8 grid, each square housing uh, certain units on its tiles. It might be a forest tile that catches on fire when a battle breaks out on it, or a desert sand tile that that kicks up a dust storm whenever a unit moves past it, or a water tile in which you can push one of the giant bug monsters that can't fly and it'll drown, or a dam tile that when you destroy it will cause water to flood throughout the region. There are all kinds of different and unique mechanics in the game, and it really is quite a deep and interesting game that that borders on, it's got some puzzle elements to it. It is a turn-based strategy game, and your goal is to protect several cities, and usually you have four or five turns that you're trying to defeat the monsters that are spawning, and they'll spawn every couple turns to continue to keep you on your toes and having to attack them. Now, uh, every time a building is attacked, you lose a bar from this power grid meter, and that's kind of the persistent mechanic throughout your individual run. You'll do several battles of those five turn sets where you're trying to defend those cities and each time a city is attacked the power grid will decline by one point. Essentially your power grid only has about four or five to start with and about a maximum of nine or ten. Once that power grid is depleted you lose. You have failed to save humanity. The planet is overrun and you retreat back to the future to plan and plot and get ready again. There are many different sets of mechs. I only use the first one, but there are different mechs with different abilities and different uh, almost like programs or ways that they move around and, and interact with the enemies. So there's a lot of variety in this game. It's, it's very deep. It has a lot of, of really interesting strategy components. And it, it also manages to be fairly simple in terms of its design being surfaced to the player quickly. But it's one of those games that as you play, you gain a lot of skills and you learn a lot and you have to improve because it, it really is quite demanding, even though on the surface it seems like you couldn't fail it when you first start. Um, one of the things that makes this game very interesting is that enemy intent is spelled out quite directly. So in a game like Fire Emblem, you might see a basic area where that, that enemy might move and might attack, but you don't know for sure where they will go or what they will do. In Into the Breach, the enemies move, and then you get a chance to see where they will attack and what their preliminary plan of action is going to be. That allows you then to, knowing where they will attack, redirect them, attack them, move them around the map, some of the characters have punches that can move an enemy a couple spaces away or a bomb blast that doesn't do much damage but pushes every unit next to it away from it. And because this is only an 8x8 grid, everything is very compact and often you're struggling to get around a unit or you're struggling to get into the right vantage point to use your lobbed attack or those sorts of things. It's really well designed and one of the things that's lovely about it is that it doesn't have these hidden numbers like crit hit chance or you don't know how much damage it's going to do to a particular enemy. Because everything is left into very small units, you have a character. He has three health points. When you mouse over a certain attack pattern, you know that it's going to do one damage at the center and push the units away. This attack is attacking at this specific space, and if you move that character, then they won't be damaged. 
But if they're attacking a city, you know that you can move them and that will keep the attack from happening. Or you could, you know, I mentioned before the, the, the sand tiles, kick up sand. You could move through a sand tile or, or launch an attack at a sand tile, causing the dust storm to come up and cause them not to be able to see so that they can't attack. It's a very clever and interesting presentation and it's very well designed and well, deve well developed and you can definitely meticulously plan on how to utilize your units. There's these key abilities I mentioned before about pushing units into a new location and, and that can really impact how the game plays out. You can play a more aggressive style trying to kill every enemy. You can utilize your abilities to cause them to hurt each other or to move them away from the spots that you don't want them to be. It's, it's very well uh, set up and there's lots of different ways to solve any individual problem, but it really does feel like you're approaching and solving a, a problem and, and thinking about how to leverage your abilities best. Um, the, the meta progression of the game is that there's four islands and you start on one island and as you complete the island and you complete the island by beating, there's four different missions that you'll do. So there's a possibility of, I think, eight different missions on each island. And so you'll choose one or the other. There will always be multiple options and each mission will have its own set of specific objectives, unique modifiers, those kinds of things. And when you choose that, it'll also have unique objectives that will give you specific bonuses if you're able to accomplish them. Now, if you accomplish them, you then get those things, but the area that you chose not to fight in will be overtaken. And so in this, it creates a variety of those different encounters. And by the time you finish four missions, you then have to run back to the headquarters and defend it so that each time you play through an island, you might have a totally different set of, of encounters, even though they are very similar in terms of there's a limited number of objectives. They all play out a little bit different, even when you're playing the same kind of thing. And on any individual run, you can't play all of them anyway. Once you have beaten that first island, you can move on to the next one. And then when you begin, you can start on whatever island you have unlocked. I've only beaten up to three islands, my assumption based on looking around the menu is that once you have beaten the fourth island and cleared the whole area, what you are then able to do is to have a new mech team and some new pilots to choose from. There are probably other persistent bonuses that lay in wait for you because it seems like there are the upgrade trees are far more substantial than you can ever have enough resources to plug into them. Uh, at least I didn't during the time that I played. There's probably a way that you can take the units that you had at the end of one run and put them into another one for a harder difficulty or something to that effect. I don't know for sure because I didn't get that far. I probably put six or seven hours into this game this week and I'll tell you right up front, I am bad at these kinds of games. This is not my forte, but I do appreciate the quality that this game has and some of the finer elements of its design and presentation. And I want to articulate that right out the get-go here. There are some people that are listening to this that potentially really loved Into the Breach and are going to feel like I'm not doing it justice, that I'm explaining things that are not exactly factually correct. I'm doing my best to, to understand it, but it is a very dense game, especially for someone who's relatively unfamiliar to that style and genre. And... Like I said, I'm trying to do it justice, but I know that there's 
ways that I'm going to misrepresent or not show off its best colors. My hope is that as I share what I liked and what I disliked, that those of you who do like strategy games would understand some of the uniqueness that's presented in this game and be compelled to try it out because it really is very good. It's not, it's definitely not my style of game, but I had an appreciation and similar to how I felt about FTL. Honestly, I liked FTL. I thought FTL was interesting, but at some point, it wasn't my kind of game. And many people really latched on to FTL. It was a real-time, kind of like you fight through different instances, different activities. It, it felt like Slay the Spire, honestly, except it was real-time and it was a sim that you were doing management and, and strategy as you kind of walk through these different encounters. And Slay the Spire is much more my my pace and my style and th this game feels like that too i felt after i finished one of my play sessions with into the breach i was like i just need to go and play slay the spire because that deck building side of it is so much more my style and my flavor so like i said up front i'm not good at these kinds of games even even games like slay the spire i'm not great at not a great strategy game player not a huge game person who's into those kinds of games but this is a very good one of those and it does some things very well. So what did I like? The number one thing is that the information is delivered in a concise, complete, and elegant manner. You always feel like you have all the information you need. From the order that enemies will attack, it's laid out very elegantly and simply. From the abilities that your character harnesses and how many uses they have, what they will do, what will the effects be, where the enemies are going to attack, you don't have any kind of hidden critical hit things. You have no uh, ambiguity about what the enemy is going to do and what you're trying to accomplish. You know exactly what you're doing. And the question is, how do you do it best? How do you do it without the enemy being able to conquer these things? And because the, the game gives you that perfect information, it really dials up kind of the exactness of the difficulty in terms of what you have to do to make it all work. And I think that that really is a great design. I'd rather have it be harder, but you give me all the information I need to make significant decisions than just to make it more random. And one of the things kind of coupled with that is that when you look at the way that they have structured and designed, you know, what you need to do to upgrade things, there's a lot of mystery in that system, but it really is explained and expressed in a really clear way. Essentially, the upgrade system, which I'll get into a little bit later, you have a certain amount of power nodes that are unlocked on the mech. And you can slot one of two abilities, and each ability requires it to be powered by those power cores that you can increase on the unit. Now, those power cores then can be allocated however you see fit. You can increase your health. You can power up a new ability. You can increase the effectiveness of the ability in multiple ways. And it really is a staggering amount of customization that they give you the opportunity to do. But because everything is dealt with not in large, huge, obscure numbers, but in small denominations, it makes it so much easier to understand where you're putting your ability point and how it will reflect on your character's overall 
actions and their abilities. So it really does a great job in presenting information well. And I think that that's probably its most notable feature. That as a strategy game, it's good, but it's especially good in showing you what is going to happen and what you need to do. From there, it's up to you to figure out how you can do it. And I was bad at figuring that out, but I appreciated the fact that it was often giving me everything I needed to know. I was just too thick to be able to figure it out, but I thought it was well designed in that respect. The setting is also really cool and it made it me it, it made me want to kill all those big bugs. It made me want to defeat them. It made me feel overwhelmed by their presence. And the way that they introduce the story and explain the story is done simply, quickly and 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 really well done. The art style also works really well and it has a lot of character. It has kind of this pixelated feel to it and the character portraits look like they're straight out of a 90s PC game. As somebody who played Age of Empires 1 and 2, as somebody who played other similar games at that time and was into that with their with my friends, this really does bring to mind those experiences in a very positive way. And so if you liked those kinds of games, if you were really out for those kinds of experiences, this game is definitely worth trying out. And it wins you over, at least it won me over, with its general style and the way that they present those things. Once again, its presentation, I think, is its strongest feature as a game, as well as its depth. Depth, depth, depth. I barely scratched the surface on this one, and I still felt like it had so much to offer and so many different things I didn't even begin to understand. And that's, I think, one of the things that's really good about it is that it not only has this lovely presentation that, that gives you the information that you need, but it also has a remarkable amount of depth in terms of the number of character classes that you have, how many different options you have of, of starting mechs, your hero leader that that can, and, and your other pilots that can level up and learn new abilities and and the upgrade system that requires you to understand how they're all going to work out. The depth of this game is really quite staggering and the presentation of that makes it even more engaging. Choices in this game also have weight and meaning and there are significant consequences for your actions. You always feel like whether it's just choosing which battle you want to fight or whether you're deciding to leave that escape pod on the ground and to not go and rescue that person and instead go and fight a bug off of a, a city, or whether you're choosing to go and rescue the pod and hope that you can make, make it work out for the rest of the stage, your choices are extremely significant. Even if it's just slotting a certain upgrade and sacrificing your node that you had previously invested into additional health in order to get this shiny new ability to try to, to make yourself more effective. It's really well done and the, the choices that you make really do feel significant. As I mentioned a couple times already, the upgrade and progression system on the mechs was very cool and it hinted at the high level of depth that's present. There's also a one reset mechanic where if you've 
begun to make some of your moves, you can click the reset button and it will revert to the beginning of that turn, which will allow you to kind of replay your moves and try again. You can only do that once per stage. And I think that's just the right amount. There is a great opportunity for misclicks and they did make it so that if your misclick is a movement, you can automatically undo that with just a click of the button. It doesn't cost your reset. But once you've begun to attack, once you have moved one character and then moved another, like you can't go back. And because your choices are so significant, that one reset mechanic is just right, giving you a little bit of leeway, a little bit of an opportunity to correct a mistake, but still forcing you to really consider and think about your choices. It's well done, it's well implemented, and it's surfaced once again very well. It's right next to all of your instrument panel and the different options that you have for that particular, uh, for that particular round. The mechanics of its difficulty and forcing you to restart as well, they give good room for experimentation, but demand that the player increase his or her knowledge and skill as they progress through the game. And this is something I'm curious, I'm not... I'm going to mention this a little bit later, but I don't know that I'm going to play that much more of this game. What I am curious about, though, is once you've invested about 10 to 15 hours, I would imagine this game gets really, really good, that it really opens up, that you begin to see some of those beginner mistakes that become so common and so prevalent as you're kind of learning the system, and you make some of those mistakes that cause you to lose a round, and you, you, you learn from them, and you get better at the game. There is that moment, though, like I mentioned, between hour like three and five, where I was just like, there's too much here. I, I'm not getting better fast enough. I'm not learning fast enough. It is hard, at least for somebody who is not really well integrated. I played it on normal. I probably should have ticked it down to easy knowing that this type of game is not my strong suit, but I wanted to get the the normal experience. And some of you, as I'm saying that, are scoffing, thinking, man, normal's a cakewalk. You should see it on hard. Well, I believe that. But once again, not my forte, uh, and I'm not really that proficient at this style of game, but I can at least appreciate the fact that it's definitely, it's its structure force you to go back in and, and force you to want to jump back in and do another run. It also has a shorter form strategy game feel. A lot of strategy games are hours upon hours. Something like Age of Empires could be, you know, that, that one's in that sweet spot similar to this. But even then, that's one map. Into the Breach seeks to put you on many maps within one particular run, and it ends up feeling just about right. It could take anywhere between a half hour or an hour and a half, which is right about the time that Slay the Spire runs do it, and I think it really ends up being a great sweet spot for roguelikes like this. So those are some of the things that I really enjoyed. Excellent presentation. Really compelling depth great systems and mechanics that entice you to improve your skill and increase your proficiency, choices that are meaningful and that matter. All these things are on display in this game and executed very well. There were some things I disliked, though. There weren't a lot, but there were a few. First is that misclicks do cost you significantly. 
if you've already used up your reset. This only happened to me a couple times, but there were a few times where I felt like I wish I could go back one more time and try again, figure out if there's a way. And there were sometimes I got to a, a, a moment where I just knew I was dead. And that's part of the territory of any roguelike is that you're going to lose sometimes. You're going to have to start over. And that's never a good feeling. And for whatever reason, Into the Breach ends up feeling more bad than good. I feel like I haven't progressed or learned in the same way that I do in other games like Slay the Spire. I don't know if it's simply that I haven't invested enough time yet to begin to see that pay dividends, but it certainly felt that way. Also, I will say that I am terrible at this game, but I wish there was some more in-game tutorialization. I feel like I wasn't really equipped to make the transition from the first run that I had, which the tutorial was excellent at showing me how to move my character around, how to upgrade. And once again, the presentation's so good that it doesn't need a tremendous tutorial system in teaching you how to do what you want to do. What I needed, though, was how to play the game well. And maybe that's, like I said, I'm probably not the target audience for this. I will readily admit that. But I do think that my what I was compelled to do after a couple runs was, all right, I want to go on the internet and find out how I'm actually supposed to play this game. And I almost looked up some videos as to just teaching me how do I play Into the Breach. I ended up concluding that it's probably just not my kind of game. But that was what I was compelled to do. I wish there was some other way to understand how you can improve and what kinds of things I was doing wrong because I felt like I didn't even know why I was doing this poorly. The last major aspect of the game is the opening placement of units is probably the most frustrating part of the experience for me. Now, as I mentioned before, everything in the game is surfaced. The only exception to that is that it forces you to play your mechs in a certain grid before the enemy makes their preliminary move. That's significant because sometimes, with the, I mentioned before, it's a kind of a claustrophobic area, and you can easily end up putting yourself at a disadvantage and in the wrong position before you even start. There were a few runs where, because of my opening position, and perhaps it was because I'm just not, I just didn't know what I was supposed to do. I felt like there was no possible way for me to keep them from damaging the grid because my units were all in the wrong spots and there was no way that I could then change where they were set up at the at the beginning and and that ultimately was was more frustrating than anything else was that I could set myself up and and there's nothing I could do if they went a different direction than I wanted them to ultimately my overall impressions of the game are mostly positive, but they do remind me why I don't really get into games like this. When I was a kid, I loved Fire Emblem, but I didn't have the patience or strategic ability to understand its inner workings, and I didn't really have the, the, the desire to dedicate the time to become proficient at it. That's still true today. At the end of the day, Into the Breach is a very good turn-based strategy game. That genre remains outside of the kind of video games that I love. It's a little bit more hardcore, a little bit more demanding, a little bit more unforgiving. For many of you, that sounds just about right. If it does, 
or if you're a fan of the strategy game genre, you should 100% check this game out. It does some things very well, especially in terms of its, its, its presentation of the information you need, and it's the way that the, the UI is designed in the game is just incredibly well done. And, and those are the kinds of things that make it such a fun game to play and such a game that normally I wouldn't have picked up, but I wanted to try it. And I didn't feel like I was in a spot where I wasn't going to be able to succeed because I wasn't given the information, but because I just didn't learn how to do it well. So those are my impressions. How did you enjoy it? Feel free to let me know. Throw me something on Twitter or on Discord. My Twitter is jrmeden. M-I-E-D-E-N. Hit me up there and let me know what you're thinking. I'd love to, to get a chance to chat with you. I'm probably going to mention this in the Destiny Reset Discord as well as a couple other Discords I'm involved in, see what other people thought. I know there were a lot of fans for this game, and I'm glad I got a chance to try it out. Not sure how much I'm going to play it after today, though. So what else have I been playing? That was our Game of the Week Into the Breach. Oh, and by the way, next week's Game of the Week is going to be Vanquish. That is a Platinum Games Xbox 360 title. It is right now free with Games with Gold. So if you have an Xbox One or an Xbox 360 and you have Gold, you can purchase or you can download it for free. Try it out. Let me know. I've not played it yet, but I have heard great praise about it. I remember when it first came out and received 9.0s and above from different outlets. I remember one of my favorite podcasts was... At that time, Joystick, which is now defunct and has become, I think they, I don't know exactly what happened to them, but I think most of the staff ended up at Games Radar Plus. But Ludwig von Kietzmann, who is the, uh, one of the, I don't know what he, I think he was like the editor-in-chief there. I always really loved his opinions on things, and he loved Vanquish. And I've always wanted to try it out, but never pulled the trigger on buying it. So I'm glad it's free this month. I'm looking forward to trying it. I want to encourage you to download it. If you've got an Xbox, play it with me. So other games, so much destiny Two, so very much destiny Two. I've been playing so much of this game. I've not been sleeping. Well, (laughs) I've not been making good choices. This game has got me. It's got me again. I'm almost 360 on both consoles. Got my sleeper on PlayStation. I'm on the second to last step on Xbox. I'm ready for the next stage tomorrow that's going to drop for Nascent Dawn, which is the quest line to get the exotic scout rifle that Anna Bray has. I I made a, a loadout randomizer spreadsheet this week. I've had five exotic masterwork catalysts drop. I've got two of them fully leveled up, my Crimson and my Borealis. This game is really awesome. This game is just such a winner. And uh, and many of the weapons that have been retuned and reintroduced are just tremendously fun to use. It's kind of feeling like an exotic meta, both in PvE and PvP, and I think that's a really good thing. I'm I know I'm going to start, the reason why I kind of built that loadout randomizers because I I feel like if I don't have an exotic equipped, if I'm not building what I'm doing around my exotic, I'm missing out. I'm not playing it right. They're just too strong. 
They're too strong in PvE. They're too strong in PvP not to always have one equipped. And that makes them more valuable. That makes these masterworks more significant because they're not just, it's not just about filling up a node. These things are great. They're better than legendaries in just about every single category. And that makes them exciting and fun and dynamic and worthwhile getting. When my Huckleberry dropped, when I saw the exotic catalyst drop, I get excited and thrilled because it takes a long time to get them. And I'm pushing towards a different goal. My light level, whatever else. I'm really happy with the changes this game has made. I'm really happy with PvP ranks, with Vanguard ranks, with the leveling system, and the ways to enhance your character and loadout via Masterworks and other progression systems while you slowly ascend the number climb. One of the things I think that works so well, this feel this game feels a lot like D1 vanilla right now. It really does. And it feels a lot like it because if you're playing solo like I am and only rarely joining up for fire team activities, which you're incredibly incentivized to do because that's the way to level up. Your leveling is extremely slow, but you can totally get there. There's tons to do. And as you're moving through that, you'll get a catalyst to drop. And you'll think, oh, now I gotta go do this. And the way that they've structured the game makes it so enticing to go after these additional pursuits because of the way that they also have set up that you can't always progress. And so you begin to make these horizontal pursuits. I think the game is in such a great spot right now and I'm loving it. Uh, there's Iron Banner next week. Can't wait for that. They're introducing a new progression system to Iron Banner that is going to be similar to what the Vanguard is doing, which I can't wait to try that out and play it. PvP has been really fun. I've been playing comp. I've been playing quick play. I've been trying to grind my rank. It's been wonderful. There's also an update coming the week after that with faction rally improvements. There's all kinds of people that are combing through the database and finding out that many of the the catalysts that we don't yet have in the game are going to come via Masterworks or via an event like Arms Day. There's all kinds of great stuff coming, and I'm really happy with with what is is uh, is coming up. I'm looking forward to the the other additions coming. They're going to make some changes in a couple weeks to Heroic Strike loot, and a couple other additions uh, like this new feature called Crucible Labs, which will be something like a private test server for new modes and options and PvP, which should be great. So. I'm looking forward to talking more about this. Uh, I mentioned last week I wanted to have Dreadnought on to uh, have a conversation about Warmind and what we're thinking. The longer that I play, the more that my thoughts are solidified. I, I'm really happy with this update. A lot of the complaints that I had even last week, um, I feel like I, I understand why they went with this, and I think it's better this way. And even though it doesn't cater to my, my play style, there's a lot in here for me. And I'm really happy with the direction they went. What else did I play this week? Slay the Spire. Um, I had a really awesome 900 point intangible silent daily run last Sunday for the daily. And I've jumped on a, a few times, mostly, honestly, mostly after in, Into the Breach. I'll play Into the Breach and for a couple hours and think, man, I really want to play Slay the Spire. <laughs> Cause it's got a similar format, but it really is uh, more my my style. Also played a mobile game this week that I want to commend to you. It's called The Battle of Polytopia. It really was the uh, the the week of 
turn-based strategy games because the Battle of Polytopia is one of those. Don't be dissuaded by the terrible, goofy, silly name. It is a really good, simplified turn-based strategy game. It, it's over. It's it takes about 45 minutes or so to an hour to play a game solo. It's really fun. My brother-in-law, as I mentioned, was in town this week, and he and I both downloaded this and played it quite a bit. We played a, a few different games, and I was garbage, and he just carried us. We teamed up against some computers that we set on hard, and I just spent the whole time hiding in a corner trying to keep myself alive. But it was it was pretty fun. It's definitely worth checking out. It's free, and it's the best kind of monetization. They set it up so that the game is free, there's no ads, and the game is just good. Play it as often as you want, as many times as you want. But if you want the larger maps, if you want to play with more opponents, and if you want to do multiplayer, all you have to do is buy one of the additional cosmetic skins for your for your civilization. And the cosmetic skins look really nice. They look cool. We both bought one so that we could have access to multiplayer. It was a dollar. It was well worth it. Definitely check this game out. It is really good. And as I mentioned before, I love it when you find a great mobile game. Also on the mobile front, I played quite a bit of Puzzle and Dragons this week. I rolled in the Godfest this weekend, and I'm just steadily upgrading the characters I do have, trying to clear all the dungeons. It is a huge grind. This is back from, I think probably like nine months ago, I erased my main account that had like two years on it, and I had so much stuff. And I got rid of it because I thought that it would give me, if I had more stuff to grind, it would give me more impetus to play the game more. And it, it didn't really do that. Now, it's nice to be going back through what I already know, but it is a slog and a half. I'm having a good time. I'm getting a little bit... I had a really good RNG with the Godfest, getting some really good characters, but most of the good characters I'm getting, they're all leaders, and none of them work together. I need some some subs on my team that will kind of benefit the leaders, and so far it hasn't really worked out. But I'm going to keep upgrading stuff and keep playing, and I'm having a good time for now, and that's what I'm just trying to focus on. If I get too focused on trying to set objectives way in the future, I'll just get frustrated and quit again. So that's that's what I've been playing. What have you been playing? Feel free to let me know via Twitter. As I mentioned before, J.R. Meaden, or you can do it to the Random Joe Show Twitter. I check that very infrequently, usually right before I post this podcast, honestly. So if you'd like to get a hold of me, that's how you can do it. I'd love to hear your conversation about what you've been playing, what you've been enjoying. I know many of you, since you're involved in Reset, are probably playing a lot of Destiny these days, and I've probably chatted with you about it. I'd love to hear more about what you're playing. Game of the Week next week, once again, is Vanquish. Please download that. If you are on Xbox, try it out. Let me know what you think. I can't wait to try it and let you know what I'm thinking here coming up this Saturday. Also remember that conversation with Dreadnought about Warmind. It should be coming uh, hopefully this week. (laughs) I I really don't know yet. We've been trying to work it out. And uh, with my family stuff and some stuff with his family, we just weren't able to get together this past week. So hopefully it will happen soon and we'll get a chance to chat about that and continue that conversation about that content. Uh, But for now, I think that's going to do it for me. I hope you have an amazing week. Enjoy that time gaming that you get, and I will see you right back here next time on The Random Joe Show.